Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show, all about movies. You are listening to The Jam Price Show, all about movies, and today my guest is screenwriter Jen D'Angelo, and we're going to be talking about Hocus Pocus 2. Very exciting uh, to talk about this film. Welcome to the show, Jen. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. My pleasure. All right. You, you are so young looking, and I want to know how you got involved with writing the screenplay for Hocus Pocus 2, 29 years after the movie came out. How did this come about, and how did you get involved? So I had been writing in TV for a while. Uh, I always wanted to movies. So I wrote just like a feature sample uh, spec script on the side uh, to just try to be a calling card um, to try to get more movie work and meetings in that space. And it was truly just like a shot in the dark. Um, I just wanted to write something that I would have fun with. So I wrote basically a Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, but for the movie Titanic. Um, <laughs> so it's a comedy about a family in steerage that just exists in the background of like the Jack and Rose love story. <laughs> and then I never knew what would happen with it, but it got sent around. And so people sort of knew my comedic voice a little bit. And then I got an email one day from my agent that Disney was uh, considering doing Hocus Pocus 2 and asked if I would want to meet on it. And I could not respond fast enough that I was 100% interested. <laughs> and so that's how we sort of started talking about it. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Wow. That's that's a great story. <laughs> really great story. And I like how your mind works. I, I, I think that's an interesting concept. <laughs> <laughs> so for sure with the Titanic and the steerage and Rosencrantz <laughs> and Gilderstern. So so how hard was it to attract um, the three lead actresses, you know, 29 years later to do this uh, picture? Yeah, it was such an interesting process because I got hired in, I think it was like March of 2019. And for a while, I was just working with uh, Jess Virtue and Rachel Young at the Disney film studio. And it felt like it was just the three of us kind of working. It wasn't a secret, but it did sort of feel like it because it just felt like, you know, they're huge Hocus Pocus fans themselves. And they had really championed this project and been like, we promise people want this sequel. Like we got to make it happen. And so it was the three of us working on the script together. And I did a few drafts with them. And then we got it to a place where we were like, we feel good about this. Let's keep moving forward. So we brought on, they brought on Lynn Harris, who's an amazing producer. And then then we got it to Sarah Jessica and Bet and Kathy. And I was so scared. I was just like, fingers crossed, because I definitely feel like they are, of course, the heart and soul of Hocus Pocus. And I wouldn't really be interested in a sequel without them. And I know that... <laughs> fans probably wouldn't either. And so yeah, that was very scary the day that we sent that off to them. But then we heard that they were interested. And that was incredible. And so then we started working on it, uh, working on the script with input from them and with input from Ann Fletcher, who had been brought on to direct. And so we were all working on it together. And that was around uh, sort of like late 2020. And then we started shooting it in October of 2021. Right? Oh, wow. I All my sense of time is messed yeah, up now. I know it is for <laughs> For everyone, we all have this like when you know when did this happen? I'm not sure. 
<laughs> Pre-COVID, <Yeah. laughs> you know, it's like we lost a couple of years anyhow yeah. in that. So they haven't aged in 29 years. They they have not aged at all. As I said, I think they must have eaten a lot of children during those times, yeah. in that time period to keep their youthful vigor because they're all full of great energy I mean, and, uh, you know, wonderful. I mean, they really are uh, just wonderful. It was wonderful to see them again in, in this role because this movie has become a cult classic. It wasn't, it, you know, it wasn't, I guess, when it came out initially, it was, you know, it did okay, it did fine. And then over the years, it's just grown and grown and grown and grown in popularity. And everybody loves this movie. And it's a Halloween staple, for sure. Yeah, I know. It's so funny. Like, it's always funny to remember that it came out in July, which I'm always like, that was I didn't <laughs> their realize first mistake. that. I would love to hear why they did that. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I definitely, I grew up watching it every Halloween. Like I watched it on ABC Family, now Freeform and the Disney Channel. And so for me, you know, it was the epitome of Halloween. And uh, so yeah, I've always been like, Hocus Pocus is a huge success. <laughs> yes. But yeah, it's funny to remember that when it came out, it was a little bit not ignored. But yeah, it didn't have the same immediate hit. It was not immediately as successful as it obviously has become. It's definitely, you know, that's true. I did not know it came out in July. I don't know who was thinking what at that point. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so strange. Summer blockbusters. I don't know. Anyhow, it's yeah. interesting. <laughs> so uh, how difficult was it for you when you were writing it to, you wanted to pay, uh, you know, obviously pay an uh, homage to the original, but not do a repeat of the original and add, you know, new things to it that makes it interesting and stands alone as its own film and not just a repeat. So how did that, how was that process and, and uh, how did that work when you were um, writing I mean, it? Yeah, it was an interesting sort of thought exercise at the beginning of just being like, what is the Hocus Pocus 2? Like, what is the version of the story that still feels like the original, but doesn't feel like a complete retread? And so the first thing that I started with was just who's this new main character? And the main character of Becca really came a lot from me. I mean, when I was growing up, I was obviously super into Halloween. I loved Hocus Pocus. Um, (laughs) And I loved scary movies. And I was really into like, my friends and I had a Ouija board phase. We were really into spooky stuff. So I really built Becca sort of out of that, of just making her one of those teen girls that is really into witchcraft in the sense of like, you know, going into magic stores and crystals and tarot readings and stuff like that. And from her, we sort of built the story around her of like, what does it mean to be a witch now as opposed to being a witch in the 1600s? And also, you know, wanting to explore the theme of sisterhood in a different way from blood sisters and sort of building a story around the idea of chosen family, which I think is really innate to the DNA of Hocus Pocus, because I feel like Hocus Pocus has such a fervent fan base. And I feel it's because it feels like this special little thing that not everyone knew about. And so it just people flocked to it because they felt seen and they felt like, oh, like this is for me. And I feel like that's why it's had such staying power for as long as it has. And so we really wanted to honor the fan base by making it about 
chosen family and people sort of opening up to to each other. I love the message, the number of messages, but certainly the message about what's important in life uh, yeah. is, you know, uh, for, for both. I mean, you have the Sanderson sisters and, and their story and, and then these three young teenage girls and their story and, you know, how we communicate and how we don't always communicate and, you know, how there's misunderstandings and, uh, and yet, bottom line is what's what's most important in the long run you know and i i loved the messages of the film uh definitely and also i love the backstory so let's talk about the backstory of the sanderson sisters because that was also great you know to to find out more about them and who they were and how they came about totally i know it was that was another thing that sort of i think the three sort of main jumping off points for me were the main character of Becca and building her out and building story around her. And then also book because the first movie ends with books, eye popping open. So I felt like that was the great jumping off point for the sequel of like, what has book been doing for these 30 years? And then the third one was knowing that I definitely wanted to start it in the 1600s, because I feel like that time period is very much baked into Hocus Pocus and the opening of the original is so fun and great and scary when you meet them and they kill Emily Banks. Poor Emily. Um, (laughs) So I knew that I wanted to start it back then and also to use it to learn more about these characters that we love so much. And so that was like the impetus for building out this story about young Winifred and young Mary and young Sarah. And I knew that I always wanted it to be about Winifred meeting book for the first time. And it definitely evolved so much as we were working on the script. And then even throughout production, I was on set in Rhode Island the whole time. We were sort of rewriting as we were shooting. And But yeah, the core of it was always Winifred and book and that relationship and yeah, grew to sort of encompass all of these elements of them getting kicked out of Salem and establishing the Reverend as the main antagonist. So it was really fun to watch it evolve. How did you find this, the young actress who plays the young Bette Midler? Because she did such a great job. She's incredible. Taylor Page Henderson. She's amazing. She <laughs> um, is amazing, you know, because, hey, it's Bette Midler, the Divine Miss M. I mean, how do you copy her, right? How do you I know, portray she her? She had yeah. such big shoes to fill, but yes. she truly was amazing. I mean, she really took it so seriously. And she was like studying, you know, she watched the original movie and was studying her. I wasn't involved in in casting at all. So when I came to Rhode Island for pre-production, I came into a rehearsal with the three of them, uh, Juju Brenner, Nina Kitchen, and Taylor Page Henderson. And it was just so fun to immediately see them together. And they were already kind of starting to bond. And even in those early rehearsals, Taylor already had like all of the mannerisms down. And she <laughs> she just was incredible. And yeah, her performance is amazing. It really is amazing. It is amazing. And the woman, the actress who plays yeah, Becca, let's talk a little bit about and the three, the three young actresses and, and yeah. their, and how, just so the audience knows, because uh, why there are three young, you know, teenage girls in this. Let's talk about that, you know, that relationship and the relationship to the Sanderson sisters also. Yeah, I mean, I I loved the idea of making a coven that really paralleled the Sanderson sisters, um, but was ultimately, you know, very different. Um, because I I love the idea of, you know, Becca is sort of like the Winifred, Izzy is sort of like the Mary, and Cassie is kind of like the Sarah. And uh, I love the idea of, like, if Winifred had, you know an Izzy as opposed to a Mary, you know, Izzy is like a little bit 
uh, more willing to speak up and sort of tell Becca, like, eh, maybe this one's, uh, maybe you're a little wrong here. Uh, maybe you should rethink this. Um, you know, maybe Winifred wouldn't have necessarily been um, as uh, violent and crazy. Um <laughs> But yeah, it was really fun to craft the three of them, uh, Becca, Izzy, and Cassie, um, as sort of slightly mirror images of Winifred, Sarah, and Mary. Well, it was great. Again, great casting. They're all they're all really wonderful in in their roles, and obviously, it does look like there might be another sequel to this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would love to write as many hocus pocuses as they will let me. Because um, yeah, I think you know, there's such there's so many fun stories to be told with those three, and uh, yeah, those three actresses: Whitney Peak, Melissa Escobedo, and uh, Lilia Buckingham. Um, uh, Sorry, Belisa Escobedo. I mispronounced her name. Uh, but they're so incredible, and I would love to tell more stories with them. And then there's also really fun stories to be told in the past, too, because we just get a tease of you know how the Sanderson sisters start to become the Sanderson sisters. Right. And there's right. so much story to be told in that time period, especially with... Uh, uh, with Hannah Waddingham's character of mother oh, yes, yes. and their relationship. We just got a, a tease of it and there's so much more to, to explore there. Yeah. I, well, I love Hannah Waddington. I think she's amazing. And it was so great to see, you know, the opening and see her in there and she was just wonderful in it. Uh, and the costumes, the costumes were spectacular. And I, I, I did read an article about all the different things that were, you know, put into those costumes. You know, it was just amazing all the detail that went into each one of them and the creativity and there was meaning into everything that was in it. So that was also intriguing to, you know, to find out more about the costumes. Uh, uh, next time I watch it, I'll, I'll uh, pay more attention to it because that, you know, now that I know a little bit more about what went into those costumes, I love the scene. I mean, there were a couple scenes. Um, the going to the drugstore. <laughs> Let's talk about that. That was hysterical. Yeah, that, <laughs> as much as the script changed uh, throughout, you know, the two and a half-ish years or whatever that I was working on it, like as much as it changed, the Walgreens scene truly stayed the same, like from my pitch uh to the screen. Well, that's uh, good because it's a great scene. It's a great <laughs> yeah. scene. It, I mean, it really was just born out of like, uh, you know, I'm 34 and I am really into like skincare and all of that stuff. Like I'm very much like, you know, when I was developing the pitch, I just was looking at my bathroom counter and I'm like, I have retinol and vitamin C and <laughs> night cream and all of this stuff. And I'm like, this essentially is witchcraft. Um, <laughs> and so I always love the idea of, yeah, playing with the, sort of the modern beauty industry and how we still are obsessed with youth and looking our, you know, looking young and fresh and, yes. um, but I think there's less of a stigma around it now too, which I think is also really great. Like, I think that's part of why people love the Sanderson sisters so much too, is that they're sort of deliciously vain. And I think that's a very human trait to just be vain and want to look incredible um, and, you know, put effort into your appearance. And I think it's really fun and kind of refreshing to see these three characters who are just unabashedly so who are just like right. 
we don't care. We want to look incredible. <laughs> and there's really... nothing wrong with being a little vain. My mother always said yes, that exactly. too. You know, you have to take pride in who you are. And, you know, when exactly. you do want to try to look good as far as, you know, take care of yourself, let's say, and age gracefully. You know, there is that too. So. Exactly. I mean, there's the line, and I think we all agree that sucking the souls out of children is across yeah, the line. I think but- <laughs> so. I think just a little bit. I don't think that yeah. would work that well. But it's also people who are starting Botox way too early. Once you start something like that, you never stop. It's just, it's like an addiction I've heard, you know. It's, I know, yeah. I, I, I go Botox or bangs, so I went for bangs. <laughs> That was easier. I, didn't, yeah. I, I tried Botox once and said, no, 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 I don't like the way my face feels at all. Not, not going to do that again. So yeah, no, no, you have to, you know, so everybody has to do what they want to do. But I think everybody, these young people who are starting so early with some of these things. It's like facelifts. Are you kidding me? You're again, you have to have a facelift for the rest of your life. If you have I know, one, you yeah. have to. Have- when you start the preventative stuff, I'm like, oh, it feels like then there's so much upkeep. I know. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's scary. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly, exactly. The other cute scene in this is the contest, the Sanderson Sisters contest, and all the great characters you had in that contest. Let's talk about that. Yeah, I mean, that really was born out of this idea of kind of wanting to play with the fact that the Sanderson Sisters are so iconic and beloved in our world, and so wanting to reflect that in the world of the movie and in Salem and just have some fun with that. Um, Because, you know, I just, I've seen throughout the years, just so many people dressed up as the Sanderson sisters and they put so much care into their costumes and their whole look. And, you know, there's like a whole, there's a bunch of drag queens who I wish I could remember uh, her name. And I'm so sorry uh, that I am blanking on it right now, but uh, there's a New York drag queen who does Winifred all the time. And uh, she was at the premiere of Hocus Pocus oh, 2, which was very fun. Um, but there's such a culture built around loving the Sanderson sisters. And so the costume contest was a nod to that. Um, and yeah, it was so fun. It was such a fun uh, couple of days on set uh, of seeing all of them uh, dressed up like various versions of the Sanderson sisters. And it's another credit to uh, Salvador Perez who did the costumes uh, of being able to make such different versions of the Sanderson sisters. Um, it was just really fun to see all of that. Yeah. He did, a, as I said, fabulous job with the costumes in this. How involved was Bette Midler and Sarah Jessica Parker and Kathy Najimi in, in, still creating their characters these you know almost 30 years later uh how involved did they get um they got involved they i mean they love these characters and they know that people really love the characters and so they feel very protective over them i mean they they love hocus pocus so much which is really incredible that they love it just as much as the fans do um and so they really wanted to uh be very involved with it. And um, truly like one of the greatest days of my life, a real like pinch me moment was when um, they told me that Bet wanted to zoom with me to go through the script and go through all of her dialogue. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to zoom with Bette Midler. <laughs> oh my God is right. <laughs> a definitely pinch me moment. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely was like really psyching myself up. I was like, I have to play it cool. Um okay. 
And, you know, she, we went through the whole script and, you know, she had thoughts on her lines and she just wanted to make sure that it was really in Winifred's voice. And, um, you know, it was funny because in the original, uh, Winifred has these like, you know, some anachronistic lines. The one that I always think about is when she, um, Max is driving away and the witches uh, pull up on their brooms and she yells into the window. She's like, do you have your driver's license? Uh, I'm like, she wouldn't know about that. Uh, But that's so perfectly hocus pocus that she makes that joke. And so in writing the second one, you know, I, we started with the these and the thighs and the thous. And, uh, but then I had like, a couple moments where that sort of dropped out sort of similarly in the first one. Um, and she has like a couple anachronistic, uh, turns of phrase and jokes and stuff. And, uh, and there were a couple of those that bet was like, this is too far. Uh, and also this line should still be the, thy, thou. Like, um, so she really, uh, had a hand in, in crafting Winifred's dialogue and, uh, Kathy as well, really, uh, there were some, uh, lines from the first one that she really wanted to say that she uh, just loved. And so she wanted to put those in like Shishka baby. And um, <laughs> she had a lot of thoughts about her dialogue as well. And uh, same with Sarah, like Sarah Jessica loves the physical comedy of Sarah. And mm-hmm. so um, I remember she told me at one point, she was like, honestly, I don't really need that many lines. Like I would rather just kind of be able to have fun in the background and just find my own physical comedy beats to play. Um, And so she was incredible. And one of the most amazing things that Sarah Jessica did was uh, it was in the script when they say, when they break into the mayor's house and Winifred says spread out. Um, I just had it in the script that Sarah throws her arms out wide and Sarah Jessica you know, took it even further and fully did the splits and it was incredible and so funny. Uh, it was, it was, that was a great moment. <laughs> Tr- truly. <laughs> the crea- the creativity of actors, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah, and they were just all down to play and it was very, very sweet and fun. And I love to, obviously they're coming back after all these years and I really love the fact that, you know, they're in a whole new world, uh, you know, with technology. And so that, I love the br- the brooms. <laughs> talk. I mean, I just love you know. Just talk a little bit about that because I thought that was so funny. I know. Well, it was that was such a that was such a hard thing to sort of navigate in in the grand scope of like how do you do hocus pocus in a way that honors it while also pushing it forward and. Um, yeah, it was always just like, okay, what is the next step from a vacuum right. <laughs> for Mary? And of course, the answer is two little shark vacuums. Uh, and then it was really fun to build them out as basically little pets, because obviously those vacuums uh, in some ways are are sentient, you know, they control themselves. Yes. Uh, so it was fun to imagine like a bewitched uh a bewitched version, which uh, would be a little bit more sentient. And so that they're always running off and cleaning up mess. And then they come in and save the day when they suck up all the salt. <laughs> it was really fun it to was fun. have them as little characters. And, and the Swifter. I love that. Yeah. 
So, there's so much fun, and this movie is very fun. It really is, and it is now on Disney Plus. Uh, so anyone, uh, please, and certainly watch it around Halloween. It's a hol- yeah. Halloween, and it will be another Halloween classic uh, for sure. It was just, it's just a fun movie. There's so many fun things in it, and uh, you don't need to have seen the first one to enjoy this one uh, at, at all. Or if you saw it a long time ago and you hadn't seen it, uh, you could go back because Dinsey Plus has Hocus Pocus 1 also on so you can watch them back to back which is what I did Uh, so it's just fun oh Jen I wish you much more success I look forward to having you back on the show uh, for sure you've got a great sense of humor and a wonderful long career ahead of you so thank you so much for being here and again I know right now Hocus Pocus 2 is doing extremely well and uh, has gotten a lot of wonderful press so continued success thank you so much this was so fun thank you so much for having me you're so welcome i look forward to having you back have a wonderful day take care you too. bye-bye to all my wonderful loyal listeners your love of film allows me to do what i do if you want to support me the best way to do that is to hit the subscribe button on the iheart podcast network apple podcast google podcast spotify or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast and of course on youtube subscribing matters if you are feeling really compelled i want to hear from you have a burning question comment or review drop me an email at thejampriceshow.com thank you for listening Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show, all about movies.